hid under those blankets and he got warm and fell asleep. Well, thankfully, her mom was still looking for him in the house, and because of his accident, she was able to find him. <laughs> and we were celebrating. So, so I'm sure all of you have a story like that about your children. You may have been the child that, that got lost. I, I don't know. Um, but in this particular case, if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 2, we're going to see a time where Jesus got off. Well, they thought he was. And what kind of problem it causes when you get away from the Lord. So in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 39. Luke 2, verse 39. It says, And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And, a child, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposed him to be to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they sought him there among their kinfolk and acquaintances. So, first of all, they got away from Jesus. He's, he's not there. They assumed he was close by. They assumed that he was with other family members, other, other friends that had traveled with them. And they kept walking for a whole day. So, do you ever get to that point in your life where you think, you feel like you're close to Jesus? You feel like you're walking with Jesus? You feel like you're doing what Jesus wants you to do? But then after a day or so, you realize, wait a minute. I've got away from him somehow. I don't know what's happened, but I just figured he was right here. And that's exactly what happened to them when they were traveling back home. Verse 44 says, But they, supposing him have been with the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. So what did they do immediately when they realized they had walked off from Jesus? They turned around. And went back where? To the last place they knew he was. The last place where they realized that they were with him, he was with them, they, they could see him, feel him, touch him, they knew he was there. And they had already walked a day's journey, and then they had looked. So that took about a day. And as they started out on their journey back, in verse 46, then it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors or the teachers, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? 
Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrow. Now I can just imagine the tears that are running down their faces. The, 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 the quiver in their voices as they're asking people if they've seen their son. Now, that's how we need to get back to Jesus. When we get away from God, we need to be hunting Him. We need to be searching out the Lord like a parent is looking for their lost child. They didn't say when they found out they got away from Him, oh well, He'll show up. Oh well. He'll turn up before the street lights cut off. Cut on. They began to seek him and find him. The Bible tells us if we want to find God, we have to seek and knock. If your child went missing, you would knock on every door within miles of your house, wouldn't you? You'd ask everybody you knew if they'd seen him. But we find ourselves, and, and this is, at this point right now, I'm talking to Christians. When you lose your first love, the Bible says, in, in the letters to, to the churches, that means that you, you remember the day you got saved? How many of you remember the day you got saved? I don't, I don't want you to tell me the day, because I don't remember the day I got saved. I can tell you the day. I can tell you, I can describe the day to you. I can describe what it was like and, and where I was. I was a grown man, thought I'd been saved since I was nine years old, and what? Preacher asked one time at, a, at, at my home church if I wanted to go to heaven. <laughs> well, yeah. I want to go to heaven. So I ran down that aisle. I shook his hand and he prayed a prayer with me, and I was just as lost when I went back to my seat as I was when I, before I moved. And you can tell by my life from that day to the day I got saved that I was not saved. But I had walked away. I was close. The Bible says salvation is in your mind and your mouth. In your heart, which is your mind. And your mind. You believe in your heart, and then you what? Profess in your mind. Well, I didn't believe in my heart that Jesus was my Savior and Lord. I believed that He was my train ticket to heaven. There's a difference. You can't ride the glory train if you're not born again. Sometimes the enemy will trick us into thinking that the Lord's walking right there with us when He's not. We're just as far from Him as we've ever been. Now, as a Christian, you can also walk away from God. But the beautiful thing is, just like in this story we're reading today, all you have to do is go back to the place where you walked away from it. And usually it's only one step. You may walk 600 miles away from the Lord, but it's always just one step to get back to Him. You don't have to travel for three days like, like Mary and Joseph had to do to get back to Jesus in the temple. You just have to say today, God enough is enough. I've walked away from you long enough. I am a blood-bought, blood-washed, born-again Christian, but I have not been walking with you, talking with you, living like I should be living. All you have to do is go back. Go back.
back to your first love. Go back to the last place you knew it was. Most of us would, would describe that place as church. The enemy has been able to get people out. They, were, they already wasn't many going to church to start with. And the enemy has used a, a modern day plague to almost decimate what was left of the church. The church will always be here. Church is going to always be here until Jesus comes back to take us home. But sometimes there's only a remnant. Sometimes the church is growing by the thousands, like in the New Testament church. Like, like we see when the, you know, it said, what were they doing? They weren't hiding at home. They weren't terrified. That car or truck you drove to church this morning is more likely to kill you than any virus. But that don't stop you from going to the Walmart. You know how many trees God kept out of the road in front of you this morning coming to church? Count them on your way home if you want to. If you can't, if you can't think of something to thank God for, thank you for every tree that you see on the road that didn't fall down in front of your car. Now for the lost. And I'm not assuming any of y'all. I'm not assuming preacher Hope say because I don't know. I can tell by its fruit. But only him and the Lord know if he's really saved or not. You ever, you, ever pick, you ever went to your grandma's house and picked up one of them plastic apples? Try to eat it? You can see fruit, but it don't always mean it's fruit. It ain't real, may not be real fruit. But for the lost person, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You know how many people this morning did not open their eyes this side of eternity? I never thought I would have to pray. For the past few months, I have, my prayer at night has been this. At the end of the prayer, of everything on my prayer list, it's been this. God, please don't let me wake up to an obituary in the morning. I've lost so many friends and so many family members lately. And it's not all been to COVID. Some of it has, but, but not all of it. Some people, today is your last day. But you're living like you've got 100 years. Now, I know a lot of folks will say, well, preacher, my life, i got to get my life. There's some things i got to get straightened out. There's some things i got to get right first. Listen. Do like Mary and Joseph. When you realize you don't have Jesus, you run to Him as quickly as you can and get there and you do whatever it takes. You ask whoever you need to ask. Do you know? Have you seen Jesus? Tell me how I'm fine. Because He's in the same place He's been for over 2,000 years. He is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession. The only reason... Anyone is delivered from hell is because of what Jesus Christ paid. The price he paid at Calvary. Like Preacher like Hall said earlier, he didn't have to. As a matter of fact, in the garden we find out that he said, Father, if there's any other way. So I know for a fact that the man knelt down in that garden did not want to go through what he was thinking to have to go through. He didn't have God's skin and, and God 
muscles and God blood and God bones. He had the same body that you and I have, with one exception. It was sinless. He felt the same pain. It didn't let he he was not going to be able to just cut his pain receptors off as they, they beat him. And the Bible says they beat him so bad you couldn't even tell he was human. He did that for you. If that's all he did, he did that for you. But that wasn't where he stopped. They nailed him to the cross and let him hang there until he was dead. And you say again, well, preacher, I got things I got to do. I got, I, I got to straighten up my language. No. I got to start living better. No. How many of you like to fish? I love fish. You ever tried to clean fish before you get them in the boat? That makes absolutely no sense, does it? But we as a church sometimes, now listen church, we try to clean folks up before we let them come in. And then for the lost, you try to clean yourself up before you give yourself to Jesus. That's like putting lipstick and rouge on a pig. It's still a pig. Verse 47 says, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father... And I have sought thee so sorrowing, uh, sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood the, understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Now, this isn't strangers that were talking to Jesus. This is his mother and his father who had been visited by angels telling them who he was. Telling them what he was going to do. Remember when, when uh, at the birth of Christ, it says, just like uh, Mary pondered it here too. When, when when they told her about Jesus and what he was going to have to do, it says she pondered those things in her heart. She knew who he was. How, how many of y'all know a missionary person? How many of you want your children to go into the mission field? Missionaries, but there's some places I, I don't I don't want to be sent to China. I don't want to be sent into the to the Muslim nations that'll kill them just because they are a Christian or because they're carrying a Bible. See, we want to surrender to God, but there's some things we may not be willing to surrender. So we're like Mary, we're pondering those things in our heart. But the thing is, you've got to stop waiting. You've got to stop putting things off and putting them aside. You've got to stop picking and choosing what you want God to do with your life and what you want God to do with your children's lives and surrender. That white flag of surrender has to be thrown out. He said, why are you, why are you looking for me? How did you not know where I was? Now I'm sure he didn't. He was talking to his parents. He, he, he didn't say it. 
He was he was asking them, you know, how did you how did you not know that this is what I did? I have business to do for my father. Now, each one of you have business to do for your heavenly father. It's not just the preachers and the pastors' responsibility to tell people about Jesus. They're, you're going to run into people every day that are just like Mary and Joseph. They have got away from the Lord and don't know where He is, or they've never met Him before and they don't know where He is to start with. And the beautiful thing is, listen, remember the words of Jesus. How can you not know where He is to tell them where He is? How can you not be prepared to lead that person to Christ? Christ has done all the work. Christ has 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 built the the cistern. We just have to lead them to that to to the water for them to drink. We're not the water, but we have the water. But we're spending too much time acting like we don't even know them. Would you say you were more like Peter? Who not only denied to knowing him three times, but he cussed at the woman that was asking him about it. You got people in your life right now that you will you will not tell about Jesus. And I don't know why. I don't know the person. I don't know your relationship with them. But I know every one of you have somebody in your life that you just won't talk to about Jesus. Either at all or anymore. I told them enough. Enough's enough. I'm done. I'm not talking to them. They won't listen anyway. Oh, they made us a snake. I ain't talking to them about Jesus. They like to shoot Time is running out. I've had I, I've been blessed, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, all the all the funerals that I've preached, not all of them have been saved. And I will not try to preach you into heaven at your funeral. It's already been determined. After you draw your last breath, that's that. If you're not, if I know you're not saved. Then I'm not going to preach at your funeral that you were saying. It's a wonderful thing, and I'm going to tell you, when a preacher knows that that person they're preaching the funeral of has been saved, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But it is a it is a horrible burden on that preacher. No one standing over there, that casket, knowing where they are, trying to comfort a family, knowing where that soul is. Some of you are going to leave your mother or father in that same situation, knowing exactly where you are, and it's not good. For that reason alone, it should drive you to seek out Christ. The fact that your children one day are going to say, uh, I am never going to see them. Should be enough for you to seek out Christ. You know you must be about your father's business. You know, church, 
that you should be telling people. And sometimes it takes somebody outside the family. You know, you can tell your child something a thousand times and somebody outside your family can say it once. And they get it. And here's why. You remember how the adults on Charlie Brown said That's how we sound to our loved ones sometimes when we say it over and over and over. They sit in church and they hear the preacher. Why, 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 why? Because they've heard it over and over. But that one person they work with, or that one person they sat down at McDonald's with, or that one person that they were sitting in a, in a car on a trip with, said the same thing that mom and daddy's been saying, the same thing that grandma and grandpa's been saying, the same thing that the preacher's been stomping and snorting and spitting over their whole life. They say it one time. And it breaks through that hard heart. Why are we not about our father's business? The beautiful thing about getting close to God. Here, here's what happened to his parents. They were happy and joyful. When they realized they had lost him, they, they found they fell in sorrow. Their peace became panic. Their rest became worry. Their light became darkness. Their satisfaction became a need. And their spirit became bitter. And you say, why do you say their spirit became bitter? Listen, what's the first thing you say? What's the first thing you ask God when something bad happens to somebody you love? God, why did you do this to us? Why did you do this to me? Bitterness. God, why are you doing this? Why have you taken my joy, peace, rest, light, satisfaction, and my, my forgiving, peaceful spirit away? You're the one that walked off for a day and didn't realize he was back. They was gone. That's what happens when you get away from the Lord. Stay close to Jesus. He is right there. I, I know I, I, I was real sick for several years and I laid in the bed. And I remember saying, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't, I can't believe I'm having to go through this. Of course, I was running from, pre, from preaching, and that was. I asked my pastor one night, I said, Is, is, is me running from the call the reason I'm sick? He said, he said Well, I can't, I don't know. He said, But I can't tell you this. A man is called to preach and don't go die. And that's where I was headed. I was dying. And I remember laying there, oh, having a pity party. Y'all around me? Most of us send out invitations to our people. But I remember laying there and I said, Lord, where are you? And it, I, I don't know if any of you spend any time in a room, day and night, all by yourself, all day, you know, families at school and work, and you're just there by yourself, can't even get up out of, out of bed by yourself. The walls kind of get closer and closer. I remember saying, Lord, where are you? And it was like he spoke and said, I'm not here. 
They could hear it, but they couldn't feel it. They weren't seeing what was going on. Church, we've got to get back to that. If you want to see souls saved by the hundreds and by the thousands, we got to get back the way it was. It says that what? How did that first church work? It said they they met at the temple church, and they met daily in the streets and in their houses breaking bread. See, we're trying to go we're trying to go days without getting together with church folks. And the Bible says that's not what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be doing that work daily. Some of us ain't even doing it monthly. And we wonder why it ain't working. It can't just be sit and watch a TV preacher for 30 minutes on Sunday morning. It can't just be, and, and the folks on, on Facebook Live, love you to death. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. But as soon as you can, you can get back to the body of Christ. It's not the same. Run to Jesus. You're sitting there now in panic. You're sitting there now lost your joy. You're hearing the song sung. You're hearing the word preached. But you're still scared. You're still terrified. You're still... Your nerves are so shot you don't know what to do. Get back to where the Holy Spirit is working. The, there is, I, 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 got in, I don't like to argue the scripture, but I got in a pretty heated argument not long ago about it. It says, forsake ye not the assembly. There is power in the assembling of like believers. God's word says that if you argue with it, you argue with God's word, not me. Get back to Jesus. Preach your heart. I should pay it all the hooping. Every time tell the story, I'll give a message. Uh, a couple years ago, in tradition back then, when the child was under 12 years old, uh, with his, with his, with his parent, he was part of his mother. When he got 12 years old, he could travel with any of, of his relatives at that age. And so, and Jim said, they assumed he was somebody else. And so, they assumed it was all right. Coming to church, assuming. Everything's all right just because the here is not enough. That's it. You must be born again. And all of us have been to the, the, the place where we had uh, anybody that's been saved. You can feel like sometimes that he's a million miles away. And he is. But he will be a million miles away. He's still living on the inside. Growing up, we didn't have the luxury that we have now where everything's pretty sweet, pretty well. Of the glass of water, there was always a jar set beside most pumps. And a lot of them you had to climb up. Some of them you just hit a couple times and there it goes. A lot of them you had to pour in there, pump it, pour it, pump it. Get it primed up and get what you wanted. Christ sometimes had a hard time getting us primed up where he wants us to be. And when you got water body come out, you get every water. So we body begin doing what he wants us to do. He'll bless us. So we're glad that the mission
good glad twice. I'm glad Brother Jim said I'm glad we have the technology to reach those that can't come, those that are sick, those that are scared, those that are bedridden. But for those that are able, uh, second what Brother Jim said, Satan on the city said to give a family in the manner of some in church somewhere, be in church somewhere. Here's my here's my one of my reasons is going all of what I can now. But if I live in time terrorists, there's gonna be a time that I can't go. Well, I can't get there. I ain't gonna look back and look at all the opportunities I've missed to be in God's house. When it comes time that I can't get there, I hope technology is still around and still here. If I can't hear it.